Something fresh is coming at you guys this week. I just launched the Self-Care Sunday Yoga Challenge. It's been a hot minute since we've run a challenge, and with the crazy holiday season upon us, I thought now was the perfect time to finally share my teaching with you. You'll get three full-length, free yoga classes one Sunday a week, beginning December 3rd. You can register at thejournaldeck.com forward slash SCS. Our guest today is also an avid yogi, and I'm so stoked to have my friend Joe Ray Phipps, aka Joe Liz Yoga, with me on the podcast today. Joe Ray is a body positivity and mental health advocate on Instagram, where she uses her following of over 120,000 people to break yoga and mental health stereotypes one beautiful caption and photo at a time. Today's conversation is very real, raw, and vulnerable. I know you're going to love it, but keep in mind that it's definitely an adult conversation. So don't forget to sign up for the free Self-Care Sunday Yoga Challenge beginning December 3rd by going to thejournaldeck.com forward slash SCS. Now, on to the show. Hey JD Tribe and welcome to another episode of the Self-Care Spotlight brought to you by the Journal Deck, a 52-card deck where journal prompts meet oracle cards to bridge inspiration with action to help you live your best life full of self-care and living your truth, which is now available to shop especially for the holidays at thejournaldeck.com. I am your host and founder Alyssa Cousins and today we have my dear friend Joe Ray Phipps. Joe Ray is a wife and mother living outside of the beautiful Asheville, North Carolina. She has been practicing yoga since 2014 and studies engineering at the University of North Carolina at Charlotte. She is a mental health advocate and uses her social media platforms, especially on Instagram, to cultivate a community of body, excuse me, body positivity and acceptance for all. With that, I welcome Joe to the podcast. Yay! Thank you so much for having me. I'm so glad that we were finally able to work this out. I know, Joe. We've only been trying since like May. <laughs> yeah, since like the second episode. <laughs> it happens. Like happens. Yeah, guys, that is like completely not shitting you. It has literally been that long. Since I've been trying to get Joe Ray on the podcast, it has just not worked. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It just, you know, like, it'll happen when it's supposed to happen, right? I guess we'll go with that. Yeah, universal sign. Today was supposed to be the day. Yeah, and you know what? Today's a super special day because it's actually, it's my anniversary. So it's special. It's my boy, my boyfriend and I's anniversary. So today's a really good day. Yay, happy anniversary. Today is not my anniversary. <laughs> and not anything special other than it's a Monday, and Mondays are my favorite day of the week. So. Oh my gosh, I love that. Wait, Monday's your favorite day of the week? Yeah, I feel like there's so much negativity people put towards Monday, like going back to work or back to school or whatever, and I just feel like Monday is the perfect day to have a positive attitude because it is essentially like a fresh start in a new week, like... I feel like when you have that negativity about Monday, you're essentially, like, setting yourself up to have a crap day and, like, a crap week. Joe, I love that. I seriously agree with you because 
I've even said before that I love Mondays and they get such a bad rap. They get so much they get so much hate, you know, just they for do. being just for being like the start of the week and then like Sundays get like all the love and like Fridays get love and even Saturdays get some love, but then like Monday and it's just like blah like everyone is so nasty and negative and I, I agree and with like you. They- they set themselves up for that too because like when you wake up and you get out of the bed and you're thinking like oh it's monday you're gonna have that Ugh, attitude all day yeah and when nothing has happened like nothing you know you woke up be grateful right yeah absolutely yeah. i agree and you know talking about we're, we are recording this on you know thanksgiving week here in the united states so talk about like being grateful for hello like it's another beautiful week you woke up you're alive you're here like you're you know it, and people stress about they stress about the work week right they associate that with monday but i mean the fact that you know if you have a job you're making money supporting your family you know it's kind of like put things in perspective of is my life really as shitty as I try to make it every single Monday? Yeah, and I know that, like, people fall into that mentality of, like, sometimes I'm so guilty of it, too. Like, sometimes a little thing will go wrong, and, like, it's just, like, I have the hardest time regrasping to gratitude. But then I remember, like, I'll get on Instagram to make a post, and I'm like, what is wrong with me? I'm sitting in my home that I have a job that pays for it on my brand new iPhone 7 that I have because I have a job and money that I, like, charge with my electricity, like, sitting on my couch, getting on social media to complain about how I had a bad day because, you know, like, I don't know, my mail was late or something so insignificant. Right. And it brings me back to, like, again, like you said, I live in the United States, which is something to be grateful for. Like, I don't, you know, like, I have so much. Like, right now I'm talking to you in my warm, heated home, Mm -hmm. you know, like there's so much to be grateful for. And sometimes I'm so guilty of not finding it. And then I realize like there are people that have so much less to be grateful for. And yet they're not sitting there, you know, on Instagram or Twitter complaining. That it's Monday. (laughs) Yeah. The fact that it's Monday, they're like super grateful that they made it to another Monday. Yeah. So for me, that like really puts it into perspective of like, you know, it's a new week. Yeah. It's a new opportunity. It's like a fresh start. Right. And, you know, it kind of, if you really dislike your job, then maybe you just need to go out and genuinely find a new one instead of just sitting and, and, and setting up your week for, for failure the entire week. But honestly, I love that you said that because you are so much, I think, an, an advocate for, you know, mindset, mental health, body positivity, so much of these things that have everything to do pretty much with what you just said about how we think about things, how we view ourselves, um, how we view situations. And so that's really kind of what this conversation I think is going to end up becoming, what we're going to jam on. And I want to start with this idea of Instagram because... How many followers are you even at now? Um, I'm somewhere in the 120,000s right now. Yeah, so huge, guys. Like, it's really quite large. I mean, 
Yeah, it's not. When I think about it, like, and I have these conversations, ironically, someone from high school found me on Instagram last week, and they were like, how did you get so many followers, this, that, and the other? And it's, like, funny to me because I am so introverted, um, especially now that I'm older, and I've, you know, you realize as you get older that, like, the number of friends you have means absolutely nothing if they're not cultivating the, you know, positivity and the energy that you want in life. Um, so I can't even honestly think of, like, a hundred people that, like, I know even, like, on an acquaintance level mm-hmm. in my actual life. Um, not even a hundred. Maybe 20. Mm-hmm. So, like, a hundred and something thousand is, like, it's amazing, but it's also at the same time like a little overwhelming sometimes. Right, because it's not like you don't know 120,000 people. No, and <laughs> at the same time, like a week ago, someone left a comment. I was talking about how like Instagram, social media life is like it's cruel sometimes, you know? Like it's very easy to sit behind a screen and judge people and say things that you wouldn't normally say because, like, you know, if I was looking you in the face and said Alyssa like you need to get on a treadmill or whatever like I would see the effect that that had Mm -hmm. whereas when you sit behind a screen like you don't see that and someone on Instagram commented and said like it's so easy to be a thumb thug and I thought that that was so cute and so true and again like a little (laughs) tiny comical approach to something that is such a problem and so mean is just the fact that like because I'm introverted I really do have a hard time sometimes, like, I'll post a caption that's very deep and meaningful, and then, like, I'll put my phone down because it's, like, I want to reach out to people about things that I'm passionate about, you know, like, body positivity, mental health, and, like, remind people you're not alone. It's not okay for society to tell you, oh, be yourself, but only if you fit into this box. Mm -hmm. Um, But at the same time, I know every single time that I do it, someone's going to attack me and someone's not going to like what I say. And that's fine. Like I, one of my favorite things about Instagram particularly is the fact that when I post things I'm passionate about, I get to see other people's perspectives of what I'm passionate about. And that's such a gift because Mm -hmm. if I didn't make these posts and talk about these things, I wouldn't understand how someone else from a different walk of life that's had a different experience sees what I see and even if it's different like when it's different that's an even greater gift because then I learn and I evolve and I have a deeper understanding but then some people it's just there is not that respect and just you know like attack attack you're wrong I'm right so it's like a very hard balance for me when I talk about something I'm really passionate about I usually put my phone down for about an hour or two let the comments and the messages come in and then wade through them when I'm at a state where, like, I know that it's going to be okay right. to read a message where someone tells me, like, you're effing gross. Right. Or, like, so you know, like, that's something I actually want to – I just want to get right to the point because I know that you'll be – I know you'll be honest with me is do you feel like – do you get a lot of haters or people who question your place within the yoga community – Um, especially when it comes to this idea of body image and yoga and and Instagram, just because they are in a really weird way tied together. I mean, yoga and Instagram is, is quite huge. I mean, Rachel Brayton's, um, you know, she's yoga girl and her hashtag hashtag yoga every damn day has been used like 
an, an inordinate amount of times. I mean, yoga is yoga, yoga challenges, which you've done a lot of, you've hosted a lot of. It's huge. Um, but I'm wondering, do you, you know, do you get a lot of haters or people that are kind of questioning your place in the yoga community simply because you don't fit into this stereotype of what the yoga body is, which is like basically our white woman who is thin? Yeah, I do surprisingly get a lot of haters, and it honestly depends on, like, almost it depends on the day, really. Like, some days it's fine and no one says anything to me, but there have been times where, like, I've been, like, brutally attacked. I've been reposted by other people as, like, a joke, like, look at this girl, she's so fat, um, this mm. and the other. I've had people, you know, like, a year or two ago, i was working with a company and they made these really beautiful leggings and they were for a good charitable cause but they didn't make my size and I had you know reached out and asked if I could like pay extra to have a custom pair made because I was only like one size up and then I later on found out that there was a joke made why would I need leggings because obviously I wasn't working out if I was so fat Mm. um so you know it's very cruel sometimes and one comment that's always stuck with me is two years ago now a girl left me a comment and all it said was fat and I wasn't going to address it I left it alone and then later on that night you know how it is like something in my mind just kept bugging me like Mm -hmm. go back and look at it and I clicked on her page and come to find out she was like 12 or 13 and it just broke my heart to think like why what has happened in society that a 12-year-old girl, A, thinks it's acceptable to just judge someone on their weight, but also, like, who has called her fat or shamed her body to a point that she feels like she needs to shame other people's bodies? So it hurts my feelings, but at the same time, like, not that it's acceptable, but I would rather someone shame me than attack and shame someone else. But at so, the same time, go ahead. How do you how do you deal with that then? I mean, cuz you are putting yourself out there to 120,000 people at any given time. Um and you are really you are really open. You say really beautiful things. You write beautiful messages and how do you be like how do you be that vulnerable and 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 have that come at you? Um, potentially, I mean, how do you deal with that? How does that work for you? I think that it's because of the fact that I'm so open and honest about things. Like right now, I'm like two seconds from tears. And it's just that open and honesty because I know that somewhere there's a girl on Instagram who's doing yoga, who is heavy or sad, and someone is calling her fat, and she's probably laying in her bed at night crying about it. And Mm -hmm. I just have this mindset that if I don't come out and say like I cry when people call me fat and it hurts my feelings and sometimes I think about not doing yoga anymore but I stick with it because at the end of the day like yoga changed my life on more than like a body level like Mm -hmm. I used to be like 60 pounds heavier but more importantly than that like it reached me on a deeper level then there are people who you know, are going to quit doing yoga before they get to the point 
that it right. gives them that confidence or it makes them feel the way that it's made me feel. Right. So I think that knowing that hopefully one person out there has found me and stuck with yoga because of what I've said outweighs the fact that on occasion like people really do hurt my feelings. So do you have a way of, um, do you have any kind of practice or any kind of like, um, I'm thinking of this, is there anything that you do, like any type of a practice or a ritual or is there something that you tell yourself, um, an affirmation, is there something you do to like clear your space? Because I know there's a lot of ways to like clear energy, especially you know, from negative side of things. I know just because, you know, I do, I'm a meditation teacher and different things. Do you do anything? Like, do you go and talk to your husband? Or do you have some kind of mechanism for, or exercise for kind of keeping you separate from the haters? Well, first of all, my number one rule for myself is never engage people who are negative. Because it always comes back to bite you in the butt. Don't engage them. Don't acknowledge them. Don't even, like, I don't even delete people's comments because it's like they're vultures and they're waiting for you to respond. They're waiting for you to get upset. So just leave it there and go about your day. And my second thing is I don't tolerate, like, I think it's nice when people stand up for me, um, but I don't tolerate people on my page attacking other people, even if they said something mean to me. So on social media, like, it's a do not engage people who are negative kind of thing. And then off social media, I'm very, like, in my practice, I'm very in the moment. A lot of my practice, I get on my mat and I cry for 20 minutes and I meditate and then I'm done. And I never actually practice, like, the physical. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I do have my best friend, Amber, who's also on Instagram with me. Like, when someone is very cruel and I get caught up in that moment, I do always FaceTime her. And she'll talk to me until I'm, like, done crying and, like, be that support system for me. So Mm -hmm. I think it's important, like, if someone else is out there listening and, like, you do feel like you're being attacked and it is affecting you to a point where, like, you are in tears, that you have a support system. Or, like, Alyssa's amazing. She'll listen to you. (laughs) I'm always more than happy to listen to someone who needs to be listened to and feels like they're being attacked like it's just not acceptable yeah I agree you definitely need someone that you can talk to that can be a confidant and I I do think it's important to have some type of way to separate yourself from from the haters because it's not you know and like you we have all heard it before right people who people who hate they're just hating something most likely about themselves and they're projecting it onto you some type of insecurity something and I'm sure you know that and so it's just like unfortunate that you have to be you know sometimes the punching bag because you put yourself out there in a very you know out there way and you have such a big following but it's most likely a projection of something going on with them some kind of insecurity happening within themselves and right yeah but at the same time now like now that I am bigger I get a lot of support yeah I bet people yeah people do want to see someone who looks like them Mm -hmm. doing yoga wearing the clothes that they want to purchase like so especially recently like I have received a lot of positive feedback and a lot of messages from women reaching out and saying, you know, like, thank you for not quitting when someone was mean to you and not giving up because it Mm -hmm. gives them hope that, like, 
they can be capable of not letting that affect them as well and being, you know, like, the bigger girl at the yoga class. And there's nothing wrong with that. Like, go on with your bad self because you showed up and that's all that yoga asks of you. It doesn't ask you to be a certain way or be a certain size or have Mm. a certain capability. It asks you to show up. Mm. Yes. Preach. (laughs) Preach is to preach. Oh, I love it. I love it. it, That's so true about the clothing factor even too, girl, because how many people have you heard say, I could never wear that? You know, it's so funny because I came to yoga because I was overweight, but also I had a lot of mental health problems and like I came to yoga more for the mental health benefits than the physical benefits. And even on Instagram for like the first two years, if you really scroll back, you'll see that it was very rare for me to even wear like a t-shirt. It was always like long sleeves or like thick, bulky hoodies because I was just so uncomfortable because my first yoga class in person, I never even made it inside the actual studio. Some girls like laughed about how fat I was. Um, and so I left. Oh. I never made it to the class. And then one day I just woke up and I was like, what the F am I doing? Like, you can I'm say so fuck it. Okay, <laughs> what the fuck am I doing? <laughs> because it's like I'm, I'm hot. Like I can't fucking move in these clothes. It's my Instagram. Like it, Like your Instagram is your space. Mm-hmm. It is your fucking space. And if someone doesn't want to be there, like they can leave. Right. That's not your problem. Someone else, someone thinking I'm fat is not my problem. Because first of all, I know what I look like. Been dressing myself for 30 years. It's fine. But at the end of the day, like, it's my space. And, like, you should be comfortable. And you shouldn't be wearing shit that is not, like, it doesn't benefit you in yoga. If you're constricted, if you're hot, if you're miserable because of what you're wearing, then take that shit off. Be <laughs> naked. Like, whatever. Whatever you're comfortable with. Again, yeah. like it's your yoga practice. Do whatever you want. Like, yeah. So, okay, you talk about you've talked about being a mental health advocate, and that's something that's important to you. Where does that passion come from? So, I for many many years was in a very toxic relationship that I am again very open about on Instagram, and it took me a couple years to get to that openness because that is like a very sore topic. It's something that's very uncomfortable to talk about, um, not just for me, but for most everyone that I've talked about. Um, but when I left that relationship, because I had been in it for so many years, and it was very, like, physically violent, as well as, like, sexually violent, emotionally and verbally abusive, um, I spent a lot of years in therapy, um, you know, and now I have, like, PTSD, generalized anxiety, um, I have had adjustment insomnia for like eight years. I literally sleep like four hours a night um, because I'm just so anxious. It doesn't really matter what I do. Um, so for me, it's kind of been the shift of, you know, since I turned 15 and got in this relationship. So basically half my life has either led to my mental illnesses or has been me navigating life being mentally ill. And before this situation, like, I had no idea what depression and anxiety were. I didn't know that you could be, like, mentally ill and it not be something that was genetic or something that you were born with. I didn't know that you could situationally become mentally ill. Um, 
because there's that taboo and stigma attached to it and people don't talk about it. But at the end of the day, like, especially now, I mean, you know, we've talked about situations before where like we're doing something and it's not enjoyable and it's stressing us out so bad. And it's like, why am I doing this to myself? Um, and some people stick with it and they don't have a choice because they have bills to pay or whatever. So especially now, like in this country, people are so wound out and they're so stressed out. And so few people talk about it that people who are struggling with anxiety and depression feel like they're damaged or they're castaways or they're broken or they can't talk about it because they're like the 2% when in reality, like half of American adults have some type of mental illness to Mm -hmm. some degree. And it's just something that it's really a shame that no one wants to talk about it when in reality it affects so many of us. Like, I'm sure you know someone that is Mm -hmm. mentally ill. Like, everybody Mm -hmm. knows somebody that has a mental illness of some sort. I think for you it's like you've broadened that, you know, at least to me this is – it sounds like you've broadened what that idea, what the definition of mental illness could be because when I think mentally ill, I think you must have, like, schizophrenia. Like, you have something very extreme, like an extreme form. But it sounds like you kind of are thinking it more of why don't we broaden what mental health really is? Like that includes depression, that includes having, you know, intense anxiety. Like to me, that just sounds like you kind of view it on this broader scale so that it's like, well, wow, when you really step back and look at it from that, sure, most of America is not schizophrenic or has like a severe you know, personality disorder or something along those lines, but are the majority of, you know, if we're talking about Americans dealing with, you know, depression, anxiety, or some type of, you know, in that way, disorder. Yeah. I even even put in there people who have eating disorders. Right, eating disorders. Yeah, and people who have severe body image issues. Like, that is not a normalcy Um, You know, everyone feels bad about themselves at some point and, like, wishes that they could change something about their body. But when it gets to the point where that's literally, like, controlling your life, then that's, like, that's not normal and that's not okay. And that's something that, like, you need to have support on. And you don't need to feel like you're weird or, like, no one else feels that way. Because I promise you, Mm -hmm. if you put, like, 100 people in a room, there's at least, like, two or three other people that feel the same way you do. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I think it's probably it would be it would be almost odd if you were talking to someone and they didn't know someone who either struggled with depression, some type of an eating disorder, or high levels of anxiety. You'd be like, Really? Yeah, I can't even I remember the first time I told my mom that I was suffering with really bad anxiety. It was after my son was born, and, like, I was so anxious that I was homebound for, like, six months. I couldn't even walk out to my mailbox um, because I just was so anxious, and, like, I don't know what I – I don't even know what I was afraid of. I don't know why I was so anxious. But I remember the first time I told my mom about it, we are like, in the parking lot, and she was the one that told me, like, that's completely normal. I've been there, and I remember I just, like, stood there and cried. Because no one had ever told me, I have felt anxious like that before, too. I have felt like that. I've been through that. Or I know someone. Was that postpartum depression? No, it was like a couple years after. It wasn't even that long ago. It was 
probably three years ago, and my son is about to turn six okay. in two weeks. So it was, I luckily never really had um, postpartum. I think it was just a time where, like, I wanted to have another baby, and it wasn't happening, and then shortly after that, I did get pregnant, and I miscarried, and it was just kind of like all of these massive life changes. Which is another thing that women don't really tend to talk about. Yeah, that no one wants to talk about that, but it's unfortunately extremely common. Mm -hmm. Um, It's so common that most women don't even know that they were pregnant Mm -hmm. um, to begin with. But yeah, so it's definitely something I think, like you said, a lot of people think that mental health is strictly like bipolar, schizophrenia, things that like the movies portray as like these massive personality disorders when in reality, like mental health encompasses like a lot more. Yeah. Everything that you literally everything that you think. And what's so fascinating to me, I have to tell you, Joe, when I led my first yoga retreat, which would have been um, not this not this summer, but last summer. I led my first yoga retreat. And can I tell you, Joe, that literally at one point we were all sitting in a circle. And I said, is there anyone here who actually doesn't define themselves as either having been depressed at some point or having issues with anxiety or has been on some type of antidepressant? And there were literally myself and I think one other woman that was there who raised their hand. Everyone else there, therefore, fit into those categories. Having been on antidepressant, had some type of anxiety issues, depression, eating disorder, something. Some, some kind of mental um, health going on. Um, and that being someone who I can't really say that I've struggled. I, I, and maybe that makes me an anomaly. Um, I was like shocked that they were all here at my yoga retreat and trying, they're wanting to heal and use yoga and meditation to heal and use community and and coming together in sisterhood to heal. And it really, it, man, Joe, it put it in my face. I was like, holy shit. Like I have such an important job. Like what I do, shit, this is super important. Like (laughs) that. That community and support, like, for me and a lot of people, especially in the yoga world, like, I, they tried to medicate me once, and I took, like, one pill of it, and I felt so bad for, like, two weeks, I never did it again. So, like, community, support, sisterhood, like, that's it for me. Like, I don't know where I'd be or what I'd be doing if I didn't have even a small little support system Mm -hmm. so it's so important like when you do have people who are struggling with mental health and I know I've been there like it can be hard it's sad to be completely honest it's fucking sad to watch someone fall apart but at the end of the day if you're not there to pick them up and put them back together like who is that's always my mentality like there are times where like it's mentally exhausting um to constantly like tell strangers that they can reach out to me but I don't ever want them to not because if they're reaching out to a stranger it probably means that they don't feel like they have a support system with people that they know Mm -hmm. they don't ever want someone to feel like there's not someone there to support them even if it is you know like a stranger just telling them like it's okay to feel that way it's like 
I've been there. Other people have been there. You're not doing it by yourself. Right. So if we kind of can spin this a little bit here to, I want to talk a little bit about the light. I want to talk about the light with the yoga. The light, yeah. The light and the yoga. So you said that you kind of, you said no, I will not be on these antidepressants, which I've heard that so many times. Like, I hate this crap. I don't want it. It changes me. It's it's toxic. Like, literally toxic. It, like, made me sluggish and gross and... So how did you, what did yoga do for you then, Joe? Yoga has given, well, first of all, it's the meditation part. Mm -hmm. Like, most of my practice is not physical. It's very much sitting, finding that quiet, finding that stillness. Like, you know, I made an Insta story the other day that was, like, kind of a joke where, like, during the day, I'm just like, is it potato, potato, tomato, tomato? Because then when I'm at night, it's like... Oh my gosh, like, was this a conspiracy? How am I going to afford this? What if my child has this illness? What if the measles? And it's like all these things. Well, my mind is like constantly racing. And it really is that meme where it's like, I got 99 problems and they're all made up in my head. And that's (laughs) literally my life before yoga. And so yoga has really given me the ability to like calm the fuck down in the sense that like breathe take some deep breaths, quiet the world around you to quiet the world within you. Ooh. Um, Yeah. So that to me is worth more than like any physical posture that I could ever do. Mm. Is the fact that I can now sit and when I'm completely freaking out and I'm about to like hysterically cry because of anxiety, I think to myself, whatever mantra I have for that day take five to ten deep breaths with my eyes closed no matter where I am and find that calm Mm. and to me that is like completely life-changing um yeah and it just takes again show up and try yeah Mm. yeah it's so often I've said this before that yeah we show up we show up on our yoga mat for the asana right for like the physical part and then like at least that's for a lot of people, you know. For some people, maybe they do just show up for the meditation. But for, I'd say the majority, especially yeah. in Americans. Especially, yeah. yeah, I was going to say, especially on like social media. It's the asana. People, yeah. And then they get hooked. If yeah, someone, become... yeah, if someone can show them, this is more than just bending your body. This is so much more. And then it's, and it's so much more powerful yeah. than just, again, bending your body. Like, touching your toes is nothing compared to, like, being able to reach inside yourself and, like, be. Yeah. Ah. And I think, yeah, I think that that's, yeah. I think that people need to understand that, again, yoga asks you to show up and you don't know yoga and you don't know what you need that day like yoga knows and the universe knows Mm -hmm. and you're gonna show up on your mat and if you're open and you're honest with yourself and your practice you're gonna do your first you know forward fold and you're gonna cry if you need to cry and then you're gonna sit the fuck down and you're gonna cry for 20 minutes if that's what you need Mm -hmm. and if you actually need to flow then you're gonna be able to flow and it's yoga knows Mm -hmm. you more than you know it 
Mm. Ooh, 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 so many quotes from you, Joe. <laughs> yeah, I'm like a quote machine. <laughs> I'm going to write these down. I need a transcriptor. Yeah, make sure that you email them to me because I need a transcriptor for this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> so you and I have jammed on this topic, uh, and you've, you've already mentioned it introversion being introverted versus being extroverted you identify as you've already said as introverted and well there's also the middle ground one too what's the what's the yeah, mi- I don't remember what it's I called. can't remember the term there's something in the middle I don't we're going to go with introverted and extroverted for today so I have two questions for you <clears throat> so number 1 is how do you define introversion versus extroversion and how have you learned to work with your introversion so that you don't feel like it's holding you back? So first, how do you define introverted versus extroverted? I think that the easiest way to do like introversion versus is like for me, I'm introverted because I prefer to I think that people confuse like I'm an introvert, but that doesn't mean that I necessarily want to be alone. It means that I am very conscious of the energy that other people give me, um, and I'm at a point in my life where other people's energy and their positivity in my life is very important to me, um, and so I would much rather be with one or two people who bring the right energy to me and who are my support system than an extrovert who would prefer like larger groups and like group settings and parties and you know. And ironically, like when I was younger. I was very extroverted, and my mom used to call me, like, a social butterfly and stuff all the time, and I loved being around people, and it didn't matter who they were, you know, like, I was very unaware of people's energy, and, like, I was very unaware of, like, the intra-workings of myself and my relationships with other people, Um, and now that I've gone through a bad relationship and had to rebuild my life, I've become introverted because I'm very aware of my emotional needs especially when it comes to the friendships that I keep so to you Um, being introverted isn't necessary or or extroverted isn't so much about do I like to be with a a larger group of people or not but maybe more about what are the people that are there actually um, what kind of energy are they kind of providing me and I'm providing them like what is our energy exchange exactly like for me now I don't have as much time and energy to put into like some people like they don't need the emotional support and connections with friends that I do that I feel like I do um and so to them it maybe doesn't matter that a friend doesn't you know like bring positive energy to them or create a support system for them and that's totally fine because I've been there but for me like I just when people don't bring positive energy it's very draining for me um it's very hard for me to continue friendships with people even if I've been friends with them for a very long time when I feel like it's become toxic and I feel like it's no longer beneficial to both people like even if I feel like Alyssa like I'm not being beneficial to you anymore you know then I will not continue you know like I'm not gonna essentially like waste your time for lack of a better term and recently the past couple years like I've walked away from a lot of friendships because they were just like soul-sucking 
and all they did was bring me negativity and mm-hmm. I would rather have like two or three friends than 10 or 15 that like it's work I don't want to be in a friendship like you wouldn't want to be in a relationship where it feels like constant work right that makes sense it's an energy exchange I get it I like that definition so how have you learned to work with this introversion when it comes to having 120,000 people at any given time that can look at your photos and comment yeah it's like super nerve-wracking or like I said sometimes I take a step back um but again it comes down to that support system right and knowing, like, I have that support system, and, like, at times, like, it is stressful to talk to, like, a lot of strangers and put myself out there, but again, it's, like, I'm so fortunate, and I'm so grateful to have such an amazing support system, but I also remember a time when I didn't, like, when my really bad relationship first ended, like, I didn't even have a place to go home to, um you know like no one wanted to talk to me no one wanted to be my friend and I don't know if it's just because like I was broken at the time or you know like that's a hard thing to watch like I watched a friend go through it after I had and I was like shit like that's fucking hard to watch someone go through something like that so like I get it and like you know, a couple of my friends since then have, like, apologized profusely, and I'm like, don't apologize, like, I get it, that's a hard thing to watch someone that you care about go through, so I know, I remember what it was like to, like, live on someone else's couch and be mentally unwell and cry, and, like, all I wanted was for someone to see me, Mm. and I was invisible, Mm. um, so for me, like, the mental exhaustion or the emotional exhaustion is well worth, putting myself out there even when it's uncomfortable and we all know like in order to truly grow and truly like cultivate change and inspire and help other people like you have to get out of your own way Mm -hmm. and you have to get out of your comfort zone Mm. so do you do you journal or do you write things out I know you meditate but do you have any way of writing that um clears your mind I do. I do journal, and ironically, like, part of a lot of the reason people find me on Instagram or come to my page is because I feel like more my captions than anything else, Mm -hmm. and so I actually use, like, my Instagram as, like, a shorter journal, Mm. so, like, during the day, like, I'll make a note in my phone of something that I'm thinking about or something that's been on my mind, and then it ends up as, like, an Instagram caption, and then later on it ends up, um, like, as a journal entry or written down, like, in more detail somewhere else. So, like, this past weekend, and I know we'll talk about, like, self-care and stuff. Um, this is I all had, self-care, girl. <laughs> yeah, like, I had a really, like, I don't know what happened. Like, a month ago, I decided I needed to start seeing a therapist again. And, like, I didn't tell anybody because it's just, like, for the past eight years, suffering with, PTSD and stuff like I've always had depression but it's always moved like waves in my life and recently it's been like an anchor like I just couldn't climb my way back out of it like normally I'm depressed for like I don't know three or four days or like a week and then I'm fine again and it was just like I was depressed every single day for like a month and a half and so yesterday like the smallest little thing I just snapped 
And, like, I sat on my bathtub, like, the edge of my bathtub, and I just cried, and I yelled. And in my mind, I was like, gosh, Joe, just shut the fuck up, you know? But it was like I couldn't help myself, and it just, like, spewed out, and I couldn't get the words to stop. And in the moment, it was, like, so poetically perfect, because it was, like, raw and beautiful and, like, everything that I needed. But at the same time, it was, like, heavy, and it was me being broken again, and it was, like, hurtful, and it stung, and it was just, like, this great big mess that, like, just needed to happen. So did you write about that? I did. I wrote about it um, for, like, two hours last night. My husband, bless his heart, had to, like, witness it, and I think that he took, like, a little bit of it to heart, and so, like, I had to have a conversation with him about it, Mm -hmm. um, and so sometimes, like, going back to self-care, like, I think that self-care is giving ourselves the ability to help other people, um, because, like, when you don't feel fulfilled, and, like, you are heavy, or you need to be seen, or, you know, you need to be nurtured, like, it's impossible to help other people when you're feeling that way yourself. And sometimes I think like a lot of great things in life, like love and gratitude and compassion, like there's not, you don't need some grand gesture for self-care. You don't have to have like a spa day or, you know, sleep till noon. Sometimes self-care means crying on the side of your bathtub because your fucking soul hurts Mm -hmm. and it needs to have that release. So then if I say that, what does self-care mean to you? How would you sum that up? Self-care to me is taking the time for yourself so that you can take the time for other people. Mm. Um, Especially, like, in my case, like, I like to be a support system for other people again because I know what it's like to not have that. But it is emotionally exhausting for me. And if I didn't take time for self-care time for myself time to cry or whatever like sometimes I just want five minutes in my car you know and I think that there's especially people like me there's a stigma like I'm a mom and a wife and there's always something that I need to do but at the end of the day like if I'm emotionally exhausted and I haven't taken that five minutes to myself like I'm probably gonna flip the fuck out over like the laundry or something so stupid that could have waited the five minutes right? I... for me to sit and be quiet and still my mind. So for me, self-care is just taking that time and acknowledging yourself and your needs so that you can acknowledge the needs of others. Mm. Yeah. put It puts everything in perspective. If you just take care of yourself, the laundry sitting there isn't that yeah, big like of a deal. Always, there's always going to be laundry. Like, yeah, it, it it just puts shit in perspective, and you're like, really? It's fine. Like, yeah, I exactly. feel good, so it's all right. <laughs> exactly. I'm like, you know, like, there are times where, like, I've pushed off laundry for an entire day, and I will tell you, I've never once fucking regretted it when I've gotten around to doing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I have regretted the times where, like, I haven't been honest with myself and my emotional needs. And I've, like, lost my shit over, like, a fucking sock or mm-hmm. something so stupid. And then, like, I have to go back and, like, apologize over a sock. And I'm, like, that is, like, the dumbest thing when I could have just taken five or ten minutes, mm-hmm. walked outside and, like, sat in the grass or something and just, like... Taken a moment. Yeah, just take that moment. And it's just, 
you know, like self-care is never selfish. It's not, you know, something that you can only do once like a week or once a month. Like do that shit every day, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. every day, twice a day. If you want to like you self-care are your, all day, every day, yes, you are your number one priority. It's not selfish. And like no one else is going to do that shit for you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. So, you ready to do some rapid fire? I am ready for some rapid fire. Okay. So, first thing that comes to your mind. If you had to describe self-care in one word or feeling, it would be? Emotional. Hmm. Okay. In terms of self-care, I could be better at... Feeling less guilty. Mm-hmm. My favorite form of self-care movement or exercise is? Allowing my emotions to flow freely. Oh, that's a different way of answering it. I like it. So whatever that means for you. I like it. Whatever that means. If I need to. I'm very well known for coming out into my car. And like my car is like a therapist's office. And like sometimes I cry. And sometimes, literally sometimes all you need to do find a quiet place and just scream fuck very loudly <laughs> and it really makes a difference on like an emotional level like it's try it oh it's a meditation <laughs> yes okay if i never had to do this again it would be if i never had to Read an email from someone who couldn't even be bothered to tell me I was fat on the post that they want to tell me I'm fat on. That would make me very happy. Ah. Yes. They sit there and write an email? Shit. I'm like, you ah, have, like, you do took something. The time. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't even know what you're talking about, but okay. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Ew. Okay. Moving on. <laughs> Last book that you read. I just finished reading the entire No Shame series from Dee Henderson, her Uncommon Heroes, and it was amazing. Oh, I don't know this, so I'll have to look that up. Yeah. Okay. I ask everyone, milk chocolate or dark chocolate or not a chocolate person? Mm, Milk chocolate. Definitely milk chocolate. Okay. And let's see here. Last but not least, what is an affirmation that you live by since you're so chock full of wisdom with quotes, apparently? <laughs> <laughs> Always trust yourself. Uh. Um, yeah, I don't believe, you know, society as a whole. Like, I don't know who society is. You know what I mean? But, like, always trust yourself. You know what's best for you. You know what's going to make you happy. You know you're responsible for what you choose, so you be the one to choose it. All right. With all of that, can you please tell everyone where they can find you on social media, um, on Instagram, because I know they're going to want to check you out if they don't know, if they haven't seen you, if they don't know who you are, they're like, who's this Joe Way? They're going to be like... Who's this girl with 120,000 followers? <laughs> you know, and honestly, guys, she has such a beautiful Instagram. Like, her photos are, like, such beautiful quality. Um, like, every, she just always looks gorgeous in them. Her poses are so beautiful and strong and, like, 
Girl, she busts out so much stuff that I am, like, I'm a full-out <laughs> yoga teacher full-time, and I can't do some of the stuff that she does, like, so gracefully looking. <laughs> it's not always that gracefully. Um, you can find me um, at Yoga on Instagram. It's J-O-E underscore Liz with six Cs because when I started Instagram, I thought my mom was going to follow me and maybe two other people. I never changed it, so six Z's and then underscore yoga. <laughs> I always wondered why you had so many Z's. <laughs> yeah, everyone always asks me, and I'm like, when I started Instagram, I started my Instagram to keep myself accountable. Um, I found a yoga challenge on Instagram after I tried to go to a studio, and I just wanted to stay accountable because I was like a 15-day or quit. Like, I would do something for 15 days, and then that was it. Um, and then like, it got to a point where like, I, you know, people change their Instagram handles all the time and it like, doesn't bother me, but at the same time, like it makes it difficult for people to find you. Like, so now I feel like I, I feel like I'm in a marriage (laughs) like I'm committed on like a legal and deep level to where I can't change it. So I feel that way with sunflower girly. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, well, I think, I mean, I do have a tattoo of a sunflower, and I do love the metaphor of the sunflower, so I'm going to keep it. It was my original name, and... you like, bright and sunny and, like, fill people's life with something magical. I feel like it's fitting still. Thanks. It's my original, too, and I'm like, you know what? You can still search my name. I mean, you can search Alyssa Cousins, and it will pop up. Yeah. But Sunflower Girly... We are married, as you said, so yeah, it's staying. I, change my, I never changed my last name legally when I got married, so I'm just, like, committed now to the Instagram handle. <laughs> well, Joe, thank you so much for doing this. I have loved jamming with you and finally getting to sit down and have this conversation with you. Thank you so much. It's always my pleasure. All right, guys, that is a wrap. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Self-Care Spotlight brought to you by the journal deck which if i may say makes the ultimate mindful holiday gift for your loved ones or just for yourself this season so until next time i am Alyssa cousins signing off for the journal deck Music by Lee Rosevere.